Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And if you think you're stuffed now, wait until you get a double dose of these turkeys. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you uh, a little bit pre-recorded here, uh, but on the new computer. And it is the week of Thanksgiving. Yay! Uh, But on this week's episode, we've got a jumbo dose of the Rich is Back, Rich Esserman, and we talk about the different kinds of collectors. So you get a deep dive, and uh, hopefully you get to enjoy this one that's a little bit longer, a little more in-depth, and uh, hopefully everybody's having an enjoyable Thanksgiving weekend here in the United States. And uh, the kickoff to the normal Christmas season. And speaking of that, in music, well, guess what? We'll have uh, holiday music starting off. Starting off with Bing Crosby. So you get that. And a rave at the end of the show. Uh, I do hope that everybody gets a chance to, uh, you know, spend some time with their pipe. Hopefully the weather's not too cold if you have to smoke outside. Uh, Spend time with family and friends over the Thanksgiving weekend and uh, kick off the uh, traditional holiday season. So uh, it's always kind of fun. Uh, By this time, I will have put up Christmas lights and uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, holiday seasons are upon us. Uh, Just a word to the wise. Yeah, shop early this year. Don't let it don't let it lie till the last minute, okay? Shop early this year cuz uh, you know, supply could be a problem all around the world, so shop early, shop fast, get it all done. All right? Let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and the Rich is back. Yes, I mean, I'm sorry, Rich. Richard Esserman. Um, Grand Poobah Doctor of Pipes, uh, Governor of the Doctors, um, a High Exalted Ruler. Is that the next title coming to you soon? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and take her out of garbage. <laughs> and Order of Chinese Food. I know you order a mean yeah. Chinese meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Rich, welcome back. And uh, this time, we're talking about us. We're, we're talking about the different types of pipe collectors. And this all stemmed from a discussion that you and I were having about a uh, recently passed uh, auction number two of a cert- of a uh, collector's, an online auction that was done by an auction house. And some of you may have seen it. And anyway, um, this stems from that discussion. And I, and I want to go back in the Wayback Machine, back to the episode with uh, the story times with Alan Schwartz, where Alan, who has a PhD in um, really smart stuff, and I think it was in English or French literature or something like that, was a college, you know, was a professor. Uh, Alan said that that most people aren't really pipe collectors. Most of us are pipe accumulators, because there's no clear and concise thesis statement to, you know, in order to be a collection, it has to have some concise statement to it, correct? Uh, are, you, are you following with me so far? Got it. All right. So in my little world here, and, you know, the, the little world that's going on between the headphones here, there's about nine inches of empty space in there. Um, since Alan Schwartz has said that, I have two distinct different p- 
parts to the pipes that I own. I have one that is a pipe collection, and then I have one that is a pipe accumulation. And the difference is the pipe collection is all the Disney-related stuff because I literally just buy those and collect them, and I'm trying to curate a better collection and tell a bigger story through it, and I'm always looking for you know pieces that fit into the puzzle per se. And then I got the other pipes, the the pipes that I smoke a lot and the pipes that are in my smoking rotation um, of the Disney pipes. There's only one that's in the smoking rotation. The rest of them are just sitting there on a shelf looking at me. And when I touch them, they, they make me happy. Um, <laughs> but then I have the accumulation of other pipes. But I've got somewhat of a subset in there of a pipe collection. And we've talked, yeah, you know, I've talked about my my uh, infatuation with the pipes of Smeo Sato. And I've got a grouping of pipes that are Sato's. But it's not a, um, uh, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a static grouping. It changes. I may get one that's better. I may, you know, uh, you know, well, you know how it works with your uh, pipe collection because your collection is all giant pipes. But I've now talked long enough, so I mean, let's let's talk about this because what really prompted it was this auction of pipes and the 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 former pipe collector. He just, I mean, he was had to have thousands of pipes, right? Yeah, I think he had, and and there's going to be more auctions at some point. Uh, actually, believe it or not. Okay. Um, and he and he doesn't and and, uh, and I know and I've known people that have. He has a very nice, large collection of tremendous pipes, and I, I've known other people that have even have more than that. You know, they're just sort of what I'll call silent collectors, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because you know they don't publicize, and no one knows about them. You know, uh, and I, I just mentioned, you know, the first time I ever encountered this was way back in 1981. I was 13. And. Yeah, yeah, and I was uh, in my 81, let's say I was 30-something. Um, and so the thing is, or maybe late 20s, the thing is, um, there was a guy, uh, there was a, the, the importer Dayfield, you know, had, uh, he had a small group of folks that he uh, that he sold pipes to before he became the Ashen importer and all these other Radicis and so on. So the thing is, um, one fellow, his his name was Porter Loring Jr. I think I mentioned him before. Steve Fallon's uncle, Steve Pipesud Fallon's uncle, and that guy used to like have his credit card on there at at the at the Wally Franks, and uh, when a when a Costello Smooth came in, they just sent it to him. <laughs> they didn't ask him if he wanted it. They yeah. didn't tell him what it was. They just sent it to him. So you know, when you're wealthy you can do stuff like that. And he had a tremendous collection. He really did. He had over well over 230 Costellos when a, in a day when having two or three was good. Yeah. So the thing is, the thing is, you know, they're, they're, they're really the uh, collector. Now, Alan Schwartz's comment is okay, I guess. And I think it more applies to, let's say, if you're collecting arts. Um, so let's say I'm very wealthy and I want to collect different Pablo Picasso's or there's a grouping of, 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 of certain of elements of paintings from a particular period in time. And I might get five or six or 10 different painters that I like, and I might go and collect their works. Obviously they're not using their works. So it doesn't make any sense to say, Oh yeah, I use that. I look at the painting. I don't touch it. I don't, I don't do anything with it. A pipe is different, though. You see, a pipe to me is completely different than collecting a painting or whatever. It could be different. It doesn't necessarily have to be different. So the kind of we were talking about um, is that this collector, and I, I won't mention his name or anything like that. I'll just say that he had pipes that he smoked. Mm-hmm. And he had many pipes that he did not smoke. They're like, to me, they're like works of art, some of those pipes. They're just, they're really something else. And he never smoked them. Yet, yet he smoked a lot of his, he had 
some Parks pipe standards that he smoked, and he also had Ashton pipes that he smoked. And he obviously this guy enjoyed smoking his pipes, but there are certain pipes that you can see they're just works of art. Now, are those pipes that he didn't smoke his collection, and the pipes that he did smoke not his collection? Yeah. You know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know based upon what Alan Schwartz was saying. Uh, maybe the pipes that he smoked wasn't a collector, wasn't a collection. But so I have, I collect pipes, and every one of my pipes is smoked. I will not have a pipe in, in than I have, and I call myself my stuff a collection. Now within that collection, I mean the, the driving theme is that the pipes are all of a started a particular size and they go up. Mm-hmm. And but they but they but they're but it's it's based upon a functional thing. First of all, they have to have the capacity for me to smoke them in a, in the a time frame that I like. Once that's done with, then I have a whole range. Everything is, you know. But I like certain shapes. I, I don't know about you, Brian, but. To me, I like a, a full bent. I like a 65-shaped Costello bent. I like the Dunhill 120-ish bent. You know, I can go through, and I, I like some free hands. Costello makes some interesting free hands. I like giant billiards. So, I don't know, does that constitute a collection? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and so in my... In my um... In my attempt to uh, decipher all this and contemplating all this, Alan Schwartz brought a uh, you know brought an academic view to it, and you know this is you know, a- academia doesn't always <laughs> academia only applies in academia, it never applies in reality, uh, and that's coming from the child of two college teachers. Uh, <laughs> But my so what I would say, yeah, we all, you know, we we are collecting stuff. We're gathering things. Yours in particular is more a collection of a shape. Uh, you know, and by shape I mean a size of a shape. Uh, the uh, you know you you have to have those certain dimensions in your pipes, otherwise you're not buying them. I mean you you have to be able to take a live redwood tree and put it in the bowl, otherwise it's just not <laughs> big enough for you, right? Right. Why so small an object? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> the Holland Tunnel when they were building that, yeah, they the looked Holland at Rich's. Tunnel, yeah, they looked at one of Rich's pipes and said, "That's what we want." Um, so there's shape. And then I and then I was thinking even further down there are people that collect a specific shape. So you're you're in a general shape, big. Uh, there are people that collect a very specific shape, like uh, John Seiler, who used to listen to the show diligently. Uh, he and his donkey nuts, and I can't remember the shape. Is that a sixty, a Costello sixty-five or fifty-five? No, it's an eighty. In other words, there were two of them. There was there was a Dave Mike Davis. Yeah. Also, and yeah, Sealer did too. But Mike Davis and John McCain. Yeah. They 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 were the donkey nut guys. It's a shape eighty-four Hawkbill. Okay. Yeah. So you get those guys, and then you get some guys that are brand specific. Uh, and there, and there's a lot of those, uh, that are, you know, very specific to the brand. Uh, we had, um, you know, you know, Dr. Dr. Billy Taylor who cre who collected the pipe and, you know, has a probably the collection of the, the biggest collection of the plastic pipes ever made. Yeah. I think he's missing. Like, when I last saw him, he was missing three. Uh, he had like a thousand of them or something. Yeah. I think three examples. So you so you've got that, and then there's people that only that only smoked and you know only collected Dunhill. Uh, then you've got people that collect by country because they like the Danish style or they like the Italian style. So what I want to do after the break is kind of dig into these and talk more about maybe something behind it, and then we'll talk about the guys that are collecting it as a piece of art. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, 
and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. The Rich is back and I, Rich Esserman. Um, and Rich, as we go through these, I'd love for you to maybe talk about some of these collections that or pipe collectors that you've met that kind of fall into these categories if we can. Because, uh, and as we, you know, as we talked about with this auction, that's this second auction that just passed of this one collector. Uh, there are people out there that are not in the hobby side that aren't actively sharing, uh, sharing their pipes and going to pipe shows and, writing writing about pipes so we can also talk about the uh the pipe collector that is a uh researcher and enthusiast right isn't that is the the enthusiast is that kind of another another branch of the of pipe collector yeah i mean you know i i can go through uh many many different pipe collectors since i've known many many different ones but for instance i'll take one guy he um he, he, he sort of hit his goal. He was trying to collect the Dunhill, which he did every, from every single year of production. Wow. So this is, I don't know if he stopped after like 2010 or something like that, but but he got it. He was missing like a, a pipe from the early World War II years. And he finally got it. And then that was it. And then he was happy. And so he was just, you know, so he collected different years it didn't matter i mean obviously if he could find one in a year that he liked that it, he liked the shape and everything and he smoked them but but so that was that was one guy man he he was really it was really something to 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 see all the stuff which i saw yeah another fellow was also a dunhill collector he just liked collecting really rare and odd pieces he had many pieces from the 20s and 30s he got um, Ever G. Robinson has this uh, very famous photo of him, the actor, with this big Dunhill pipe. It looks like a tomahawk. We call it the tomahawk pipe. <laughs> and I got to see it in person. And uh, a friend of mine bought it. You know, a guy, a fellow that I know, he, he had, I don't know how many, maybe 1,200, 1,300, 1,500 Dunhills. Of all these rare, I had a friend of mine who was, would look out i i got i sold him some stuff i found the collection of great stuff and i was able to work it out so he was able to get them and uh, he just loved these dunhills i mean he had shapes you could go to the dunhill 1928 book they're about smoke thing and and you could see geez, he had a lot of them he had almost all of them and he had rare ods and everything like that that was his thing i've known other guys who, who have good shape, for instance. Um, you take a, a collector who likes Sheraton's, his name is Dennis Congos. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dennis, um, you know, he was never made a huge amount of money, but he diligently and saved his bucks and looked around, and he diligently got a seven-day, what I call a seven-day set, of Dunhill, uh, Dunhill, of Sheraton Cup and Saucers. Yeah. It was a lifetime's worth of work. To get those seven, and they're huge. They're gigantic ones. You know, they're the biggest ones I've ever seen from Sheraton. And and so, but he smokes them, and he likes it. He likes Sheratons and, and things of that nature. So so these collectors are they're more public. They displayed some of their stuff, and there are other collectors who are very private. Like we say, this this fellow whose pipes were auctioned off, and he's probably going to have another auction or two of his pipes. He was very quiet, very quiet, and uh, he didn't. He, I don't know, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I think you might have had some experience with this guy, but when you were with smoking pipes, but you know, these are kind of guys. If you have the money and you like it, you buy it. I mean, I wish I would. I mean, if I had twenty or thirty or forty million dollars just to spend on pipes, or just to spend. Uh, you know, I mean, who knows what my collection might look like. I might have all kinds of different things that I might <laughs> never smoke, but I would just like the, just like to own them. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I was, when I was at smoking pipes and for, uh, you know, for, uh, for reasons that I 
that don't need to be told. Um, there were a couple people that when certain pipes from makers would come in, you know, they'd get photographs and sent to them privately beforehand. And sometimes those pipes would just go away and they'd be off at that person. And you'd never see these people at pipe shows. You'd never see them. Yeah. You know, they, they wouldn't read back then the pipe smokers ephemeris. Uh, you know, they, they don't, they didn't participate in any forums. Uh, but these were people that were very passionate about pipes and that's what they spent their money on and that's what they enjoyed. And, uh, some of them bought, you know, pipes for smoking. And then as some of these that are in this, in this past auction that just, you know, that went off a couple of weeks ago now, uh, some of them are pieces of sculpture that they obviously bought and didn't smoke so so then we have those we have those pipe collectors out there that are looking for sculptural figural art pieces to display and they're not really looking for something to smoke as well which is a collector that i don't understand at all and i'm pretty sure you have no understanding <laughs> of them either but you've probably met a few like that well i've met a few i remember one fellow he uh, he sold them all he had about 80 bone nords and he liked, uh, but he liked smoking bangs. <laughs> so he had a lot of bangs, and he smoked them. Maybe smoked one of his eighty or two of his eighty bonorts. He just liked the bonorts, but he liked the bangs the way they smoked. Yeah. So wh why why would you do that? Because he was worth a huge sum of money, and he liked he liked looking at them. And see, I don't have any issue with that per se. I mean, if, if that's what you want to do, I, I'm a big one for saying. That. I don't like to tell anybody, you know, uh, don't do this. Right. Or don't, don't do it this way or don't do it that way. I mean, I have, I have friends who have some great collections, really nice. And, um, and they, they smoke, you know, not trying to be negative here, but smoke Captain Black in those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I say, all right, you can do that. If you mean, if, if you want to buy a $2,500 Dunhill shark skin pipe covered with shark skin with a gold, and you want to throw <laughs> Captain Black in that, that's your business. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I, I mean, if I want to smoke something else in my pipes, it's my business. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm a, I'm a big one. I, I'm a live and let live kind of, that's, that's my attitude. So if you want to if you want to hear an interview of a of a pipe collector like that, uh, go back and look for Tom Looker, who was probably four or five years ago. And Tom, you've seen his collection. He's got Teddies and Tokatomis that are some of the rarest you'll ever find. Uh, he does smoke all of his pipes, but once a year he buys a five pound bag of Peter Stokeby's nougat and that's what he smokes in them. And he smokes, you know, like one bowl every three or four days. Yeah. Um, Look, there's no accounting for taste when it comes to that, you know, type of thing. And, and the fact that he smoked his pipes is a, is to me is a good thing. I mean, I had a friend of mine also who smoked an aromatic. His name was Jimmy Booth who passed away many years ago. He had a very nice collection of pipes a lot of straight grains, seven LE autograph, triple zeros, and Sheraton's top of the line, Coronation. And he smoked an aromatic tobacco. So that that's what he liked, you know. So that that's what I'm, I, I say this to you, that, you know, I always, but I, what, what, and I can understand, again, if a guy wants to buy a ton of pipes that are, and not smoke them, you know, more power to him. I mean, if I had the money, like I say, I would, I'd probably own, five six seven thousand pipes yeah and i may not smoke but maybe five percent of them but what well you know we're going to take a break right here and when we come back i'm going to talk to you about not smoking them because i i that's a that's a whole nother discussion so we're gonna we're gonna get into that right after this break so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. 
My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, Rich and I are sitting here talking about different kinds of pipe collectors. And uh, you know, and, and Rich, I think the average the average one of us has what I call the you know my pipe accumulation, and there are pipes we like from people from brands and makers that we like, and they're in shapes we like, but there's no real pure thesis statement to it. Uh, but you said something early on about the the guy that had 80 s bang pipes and he only smoked two of them and then you said just before the break if you had if if you got hit in the head with the mega millions and <laughs> you'd have and you had a 20 million dollar pipe budget or whatever it was you know you'd only smoke five percent of your collection now from you and from from our perspectives, just this is just you and me talking. Nobody else is listening. Mm-hmm. If you had that many pipes and you weren't smoking them, would it really would that really be okay with you, or would that bother you that those pipes were sitting there unsmoked? Well, it probably in, in reality it would probably bother. Like for instance, this summer this summer was a very busy summer, mm-hmm. and I think I got more. I, I I sort of rearranged a part of my collection. Some great stuff came in. I don't know, I don't know where they're from, but there were giant Magnum parks and a big modern day Costello Magnum bed, and uh, some beautiful Costellos. And I said, you know what? I got to get these things. So <laughs> I made arrangements to get them. Now the two Costellos. We're from the 2015 series, this IPCPR series. And, and, and the one of them is just an utterly beautiful straight grain. I mean, it's the best, from my experience, the best large straight grain I've ever seen from Castillo. And um, I had heard about this pipe. I called up, but I missed it. Someone bought it a while back. And there it is sitting right there. And so the first pipe I smoked was this was the uh was the, the Dunhill Magnum Rear, which is very rare. And very and ugly, like, but that's beside the point. Wait a minute. Come on. Red <laughs> is good. Red is good. Every time I bleed I see red, so I try not to bleed too much. But the thing is the thing is, um this Costello, I thought about well, you know what? The day I smoked the Dunhill, the one I'm going to smoke the next day, because I got a, these great pipes. And I said to myself, well, maybe I'll save the... No, I don't know. <laughs> I can't save the Costello. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not... It would drive me nuts. Yeah. It would drive me nuts to know that I got this great Costello in the drawer, and it's unsmoked, and I haven't smoked it. I just, I just bothered me. So I got up the next day, and sure enough, that night, I loaded it up. It was very nice right from the beginning. And someone might say, well, you're crazy. You know, you're ruining the value. You didn't, no, no, no. The value was when I smoked it. That's yeah. when the pipe had value. That's when that pipe became my pipe, and not somebody else's pipe. I don't know if that makes sense yeah. to you, but that's how I view it. I mean, I got to smoke them. I got to smoke them. I've done it with Dunhill Magnums that have been unsmoked. I've done it with Bo Nord. I have a few that he made for me. I was very lucky. 
early on before the prices went kaput. I smoked them the day I got them. That's it. You got to smoke them, Brian. To me, that's that's the best part about owning a pipe is that I can use it and smoke it. You know, and so for someone to buy pipes with sculpture or whatever, I'd rather buy a painting. Yeah, yeah. that's my that's been my thing is that if I want to look at something pretty on the wall, it should have Mickey Mouse on it somewhere. Um, (laughs) You know, although he fired me twice. Well, once. uh, But uh, how do you think? And I don't know. I You know, I, I have my opinion on this and I've talked to some pipe makers about it, but. How do you think most of these pipe makers feel when they see their pipes go unsmoked? Um, good question. I think a lot of pipe makers want their pipes to be smoked. Um, I mean, I talked to, uh, when I was, when Bone Nord used to come to Chicago and I use him because his pipes are the, the highest priced pipes in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, he said to me, look, you know, these are, he makes the most beautiful, whatever it is for him. He says, you know what? When someone buys his pipe, I'm making it perfect. I'm making sure that the interior is perfect, the drilling is perfect, everything's perfect from his point of view. So the guy will actually smoke it, and it'll smoke be a good smoke. Now, I'm not saying just because it's a, whatever it is, a bow or a very expensive pipe, it's going to be a good smoke. It's not a given, necessarily. But generally, they are good smokes, very good yeah. smoke. And yes, kind of it. I've talked to yes. Yes makes a pipe to smoke. I talked to Lars about it briefly. He made a pipe to smoke. I know Nana, his daughter, mm-hmm. she makes a very expensive pipe. And, and there was just this thing called the flying fish. That was on uh, uh, smoking pipes, and I don't know what the cost of it was. Very expensive, and a friend of mine actually bought it, and he he smokes it. That was why he bought it. He smokes that pipe, Damn. and he likes. You know, he can't get very many of them, but he he said this was it. This was the one. And uh, see, to me, I think most pipe smokers, most pipe makers, would like to know. You know, J T. Cook. He makes his pipes to smoke. He doesn't make them for viewing. No. You know, Alkane, same thing, even with Alkane. You know, he makes his pipes to be smoked. All those guys do. Former, all those guys do. Yeah. So, you know. And how do you think they feel? I mean, this is, yeah. You know, this is one of those things. Every once in a while, I get a chance to uh, advise a pipe maker on their business they'll they'll ask me they'll ask me my opinion and you know and i'll i'll talk i'll tell my you want my honest opinion or do you want me to feel make you feel good uh (laughs) which one do you want you know and sometimes pipe makers get like with your one buddy that had 80 bow nords that was you know how much how many years of production was that for bow towards you know towards the end that was what oh in any year I don't know if he made more than thirty or forty a year. Maybe, maybe in the great years, sixty. Yeah. So that that's like that's like two and a half to three years production in the heyday, and maybe at the end, that's like five years of production. Yeah. So a pipe maker has to do this balance of taking care of their, you know, their longtime collectors, uh, but at the same time. The pipe makers also, in order for long, you know, in order to have longevity in the business, you know, they have to look for new customers and they have to make stuff available. So every time I hear somebody had, you know, eighty Bo Nords or a hundred JT Cooks or, you know, you, you hear these outrageous numbers, and I think, you know, that's not really good for that pipe maker in particular because you know, he's not getting the exposure. It's all going in one in one place, and that's putting all your eggs in one basket. Well, that's that's certainly a consideration I think that everybody has to do. But I know, for instance, like uh, with Michael Parks, and I know another fellow who had seventy or eighty Michael Parks. Yeah. Pipes. So, be, so between this guy, who was the auction, and the other fellow, I don't know what I don't know how many pipes Michael makes a year, but this is significant. Between just these two guys, yeah, 
and there are other people that I know that had a number and so on. But the but the bottom line is, or look at like like this uh, one auction that we're talking about, which passed. Um, there was a special volcano set that Michael made, mm-hmm. and um, you know these. This is a set that I don't know who's who bought it, whatever it is. But he also had a pyramid pipe, which I really liked. Yeah, uh, and, and that and that was where it's shaped like a pyramid with a gold top on it. Yeah. If it had more capacity, it was not a it was not a big pipe. If it had more capacity, I mean, I would have really gone. I would have really liked to go in the distance on it because I would have smoked it. It was a big uh, pyramid with a small pipe in it. Yeah, it was yeah. a big pyramid with a small chamber. But yeah. what are you gonna do? But anyway, but the thing is, like those those things, I think are are um, you know those are things that keep the guy afloat, though initially. You know, if you have a, mm-hmm. if you have a patron that's buying a hundred of your, a hundred handmade pieces, and they're these kind of pieces, I mean that's the guy you want to to cater to as long as possible. But on the other hand, once he goes, that's it. Yeah. So you got to yeah. so for a pipe maker or for you know for any small any small production facility. You know, you got to be careful that you don't over you know that you don't forget to feed the new the new customers as well as feeding the existing ones. And that, that's a bit of a balance. Um, you know, and I guess from my standpoint as somebody who, yeah, the only time I ever got to smoke a bow Nord pipe was when I was at smokingpipes.com and we had one come in as a, as a uh, pre-owned pipe and we got it cleaned up and I smoked it for two or three days and, then sent it back for cleaning again and off it went and it got sold. Um, you know, I would have liked to have had a chance to buy one of those bow Nords back then, not buying one now. Cause then we get into that math thing where I look at that money and say, well, I could have, you know, 20 other pipes or that one, right. you know, but that's just, you know, that that's the whole other side of it. Um, let's go back for a minute. Cause so we've, we've talked about pipe, collectors that work on brand only and i love that one that one collector that you mentioned that talked about dunhill that had one dunhill from each year of production i mean that that would have been impressive to see uh we've had uh brian silverman on the show and i've seen his sassini collection which is probably one of the best in the yeah in in the u.s at least um Let's talk about the pipe collectors that have also done all the research, and you know most of you know most of those names. But I'm I'm talking about like like John Loring, who kind of wrote a you know wrote a Dunhill book and never published it. Yeah, no, I uh, I always think what I what I like is uh, you know I I, I I I for some reason uh, just me personally that I, I always like to sort of. To help people out, not not because I'm looking for praise or whatever, but just I like people to hit their potential. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've done it outside of pipes and weightlifting, coaching, and powerlifting, whatever. And, it, and to me, it's just great. I don't. I, again, I'm looking for them to do to be the the best. And I remember there was a guy named Derek Green. Yeah, who was from England, and I first met him. You know, he was a novice, and he came up to me, and he was a. Initially, he thought he like a, he was afraid to talk to me almost. And I said, you know, what do you mean? So it's just what are you what are you interested in? I'm interested in Kamoys. Uh, so I said, well, you know what? There's a lot of information of Kamoys, which I pointed him to, and then I said, I want you to meet this guy over there, uh, Stan Ostroff from Chicago. I don't think he's around anymore. And uh, I said to him, you know, talk to Stan. He's got, he's got like a lot of Kamoys, and he's now he's selling off part of his collection. But take a look at what he's got, just to take a look and talk to him about it, you know, because he's talked to the Kamoys, Kamoy factory, and so on and so forth. And so anyway, the bottom line is that uh, he did, and Derek became an expert in Kamoys. You know, he probably knew more than I did. Yeah. At the end, before he passed away, about Kamoy, he's an expert. 
Same thing can be said for John Mooring, who did a lot of research mm-hmm. um, on Dunhill. And, um, you know, he, I, 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 don't, I don't say I co-authored these things, but I did review almost all of his articles, just to make sure. John had a tendency to, uh, he liked his, his favorite word was speculate. <laughs> and I say, John, don't speculate here. You know, because it's not right. But but most of the time he wrote, but he was really got, when I first met John, he knew absolutely nothing about Daniels. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, why don't you do me a favor? See that tall guy over there, his name is Ed Lehman. <laughs> I said, why don't you go talk to that guy? I said, you know, I'll tell you a few things, but talk to that guy. He'll tell you. And so then John became very interested. And I like it when people, you know, the former president of the NASDP, John Toll, he never published his book, but he was doing research in GBD uniques, GBDs. Yeah. And um, I had a, in fact, he had a lot of photos and stuff. And I said, yeah, you know, all those photos, I own like 90% of them. Because at one time I was into GBDs and uniques. And we tried to get information about it. I like it when people do their, do their homework, you know. It's tough now because a lot of the, a lot of things that were just like common knowledge, of course, 50, 60 years ago, are, is, is gone. And so you can't get a lot of, you know, you got to do the deep, deep digging. And, and unfortunately with Dunhill, some of the deep digging can't be done because, you know, they got their records got burned up during World War II. And, um, you know, so... Well, when people say, well, this is a 1930s Kamoi, like I, I won't get into it, but on some of the eBay stuff, I just <laughs> not shake my head and say, nah, you didn't do any, you don't know anything. Uh, listen, I've seen, I've seen Disney pipe listings and it says Walt Disney World pipe from the 1960s. And I'm looking at him going, no, 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 no. Walt Disney World opened in 1971. So. Uh, yeah, and that's a simple Google search to make sure that you're not pulling that out of your backside. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, so every once in a while, I'll email that se- the sellers when they make a mistake like that, and yeah, nine out of ten of them don't care. <laughs> Nor do they. Well, ever. you know, I've also found recently there were some Ashton that have come up. And my buddy who who's collecting large pipes says, you know, what should I do? You know, should I've been in this pipe and I look at it and I say, well, you know, I say it's, and, I, and I'm not going to get into too much detail. I think I know how it was produced, whatever. I said, this is an Ashton, but it's not really. It's, what do you mean? He said, I said, because Ashton, the stamp, they did their stamping in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like that. This is all close together. Ashton, Dunhill did everything close together. Ashton did everything far apart. I said, but but more importantly, you know, this pipe is stamped a magnum. He said, yeah. I said, it's stamped 1985 magnum. He said, <laughs> yeah. I said, magnums are first produced in 86. I know this because I was close friends with Dave and close friends with Bill, and they didn't have the stamp at that time. They were thinking about it. I said, so it's like, a, but how would you know this? See, all these, this is the kind of thing I wish, you know, I, was, I reread all kinds of, old stuff, um, not to go back and relive those days, but just to remember what happened. And there, there are things that I'll pick up. I'll say, gee, you know, I forgot that. But, <laughs> but the knowledge base, Brian, is very limited now. I mean, you got Pipedia and what else? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and it's getting, uh, it's getting smaller. Um, let's talk about another type of collector in our hobby. Are you, are you ready for this one? All right. I'm ready. The tobacco collector doesn't <laughs> the one who doesn't care about the pipes that much and is focused on the on the tobacco because there are people that you and I know that have impressive amounts of tobacco and are really not all that focused on the pipes. Oh man, that's very very true, very true. And you know one of the, one of the nice things about tobacco, not talking about these guys in particular, but you know, it's it's relatively except if you go except Saturday morning Steve Fallon pipes <laughs> done. You know, I get a I get a fifty dollar bill every time I mention his name, so that's why I'm mentioning it. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> I don't I wish I did, but I don't. 
But so, you know, his, his stuff goes in like 10 seconds, yeah. 10 minutes. There's like 80 cans. Oh, it's, oh, what time is it now? 11.15, you go there, they're all sold. Yeah, too late. <laughs> yeah, shorter than that. But for the most part, you know, you can buy nice tobacco between 10 and uh, 10 tobacco. I'm not talking about bulk. Uh, 10 and 20 bucks, maybe a little more in some cases, whatever. That's not a lot of money. And and yeah. if you want to build up a collection of tobacco, so to speak, I'm not talking about the old stuff, not talking about McClellan's for right the second. Even now, you can still get a lot of good stuff. There's limited editions. You know, uh, Cornell, Cornell and Deal, they have their limited editions. You had their master blender on the other week, mm -hmm. uh, whenever that was. Um, and... The thing is, uh, you know, so so there's all there's ways you can build up a really nice collection of tobacco, and not spend a huge amount of money. And and the question is also, you know, people like smoking a pipe, uh, but it's like this: Are you a gourmet, or are you someone who likes smoking a pipe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with my pipes. Uh, what does that make me? besides special uh yeah very special but yeah so and we've and and i know a couple of these guys that have got tobacco hordes i mean when you know people i some people you know look my my tobacco hoard here which is not a collection because i'm just hoarding it and consuming it uh pales in comparison to yours because your wife has told me uh thank you <laughs> thank you uncle rich uh but it's mostly Latakia, so that's okay. But some of these guys have got massive amounts of tobaccos. I mean, talking thousands and thousands of tins and bulk jarred up, and they basically have just you know standard run-of-the-mill pipes that they like to smoke it in, and they're more interested in the in the tobacco side of it. Yeah, and I think it's because you know it's like anything else. It's it's what you do and how you develop over time. That determines, you know, so if you're buying, and people, you know, they like particular pipes. I mean, you know, uh, I, uh, a very popular pipe now is like a 7LE, uh, like I say, 320, which is a bent author. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can buy them in all different ranges. And what's nice about them, if you want to have like a special colored stem, you can buy one, it's 100 bucks. You want to have a special colored bowl, you buy it, it's 100 bucks. And they're happy with what they got. Yeah. And they're good and, pipes. And they, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying, you know, but the difference between that pipe and maybe, uh, maybe let's say, a, a handmade piece from Italy. Well, you know, they're, they're, they, they don't, they don't, they're not really thinking about, well, let's see if I buy. If I spend another 250 bucks, maybe I can get a great smoke. They're happy with what they're doing now. Yeah. And when people are happy with what they're doing now, I don't push them. Yep. You know, I don't push them in the direction of saying, well, you know, you'd be much happier if you bought, you know, a $500 pipe to smoke all your terrific tobacco. Maybe they would. Maybe they would. But I, I, I'm a believer, Brian, that you got to have the – the interest you got to have the interest in uh, in in moving up to a different pipe for whatever the reason is. You know, if you don't have that interest, then you don't. You know, but you it's got to be internally driven, as opposed to you follow what I'm saying. It's got to be you got to want want to like smoke. Let's say you say you take a look now. The popular shape now, which was out of style for a long time was the Costello 55, which is like the pot, skater pot, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, 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 and all of a sudden, it, it's back in style. Now, if you're smoking the $100 pipe, which isn't a bad piece, and you take a look at one of those Costellos, and you say, man, I, I really want to try one. That's the time to buy yeah, or if our, you know? if our friend Neil Osborne finds a shape that he likes and puts pictures of it up all over Instagram, you know, you can guarantee that that shape's going to get excited. Uh, oh, yeah. 
But let yeah, me uh, let, let me yeah. just wrap this up because you know so there's there's people that collect brands, there's people that collect certain make certain pipe makers, there's people that collect certain shapes. Uh, there's even people that collect certain time periods. I mean, our our friend Big Pete doesn't buy anything unless it was you know pre nineteen twenty, uh, and he <laughs> prefers it with cobwebs in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and shape. Uh, there's tobacco collectors. There's only one real collector in the. Yeah, there's people that buy pipes as as art, and that's fine. And and everything is. All that I'm, everything that I'm, that we've talked about is okay with me. The only collector that I really don't like that I've run into a couple of times is the collector that tells you what, you know, how much he paid for a pipe and what it's really worth. <laughs> um, I really don't care what you paid for a pipe. I care that you're happy with it. And if you think it's worth way more than what you paid for it and you're happy, great. You don't need to tell me. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of those folks are not what I call very few, very few what I call high-grade pipe collectors sort of have, have the need to tell you what they spent. In yeah. fact, most of them don't want to tell you what they spent, not because they don't, they're, not, they're, not, because they're not trying to brag or anything. They just, you know, they know if you have a Dunhill X, it's going to cost a certain amount of money. If you have an S-Bang, it's going to cost a certain amount of money. If you buy a Radici, it's going to cost a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. But but there's no, but people aren't, I find, I find it's, it's interesting with, with pipe smokers. It's like when you go to a show, almost never have ever entered into a conversation of, well, what do you do for a living? Yeah. I mean, I've never, you know, I mean, you could be, a guy could be worth, you know, millions of bucks. And he comes into a room, he's smoking a pipe, you're smoking a pipe. You say, what are you smoking? What do you like? Mm -hmm. You don't ask him, you know, how much money he makes or where does he live or what status? You know, you might say, well, where are you from? California. Okay, great. You know, but you're not, you're not interested in that because you're more interested in what he's doing. That's what brings the pipe collecting community together. Yeah, that's why I can smoke a pipe. Guy smoking a corn cob, uh, that's great, you know. And you're smoking a corn cob with whatever. I mean, there's a guy on Instagram who's Major Haywood or something like that. And I, I like he's a British, a typical British guy, whatever it is. And so he's wearing his bowler hats, and I, I comment on his post because I just like it. I just like to see him. <laughs> and uh, you know, I asked him, "Well, what are you smoking in your pipe?" Well, he smokes cherry vanilla, which is not quite what I do. But, you know, <laughs> but then I was talking to another guy who was a very high-end uh, pipe collector. And we we're talking about Instagram. And he says, you know what? He says, the one, and this resonated with me. He said, the one thing that I like about Instagram is you see people smoking and enjoying their pipe. It doesn't matter if it's a corn cob or meerschaum or whatever it is or fry. They're smoking their pipe and they're enjoying it. Yep. You know, and in this world, there's not that many places where you can go even online where you can see a guy smoking a pipe or a woman smoking a pipe and enjoying it. That to me is what the whole thing's all about. I once did a pipe event with a pipe club and literally was in a, I was in a three-way conversation. It was me as the tobacco sales rep. With a guy who drove a tow truck for a living and another guy who was actually a rocket scientist. And we were all just having, the three of us were having a good old time. Yeah. Yeah. That's no exaggeration either. That's not like, well, I'm making up an example. That's, no. that's the way it is. I mean, that's one of the things I always did like about pipe shows. Yeah. It didn't matter. You know, you go into somebody's room and they say, hey, how you doing? You know? And you can just have a conversation and smoke a bowl. It's like the other week I went for a, for a long time because of the COVID and all kinds of other crap. I have a friend of mine. His name is Fred Goldring, and he's a he likes tobacco and pipes and everything. And and we uh, we used to get together at least once a month pre-COVID on a Saturday. I drive over, we'd spend the afternoon, smoke a couple bowls, and then you leave. It's great. Yeah. But we hadn't done that, and I I did that with him the other week and it was 
such a wonderful thing. Ah. You right. know, to smoke a bowl, sit down. He made up some mixtures because I, I worked with him years ago and said, here's what you would need to do to make your mixtures up. And then he, he's going to go on his, his own merry way. And it was, we traded mixtures. And so I said, here, try some of this and I tried some of that. It was wonderful, Brian. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't describe that to someone who doesn't smoke a pipe. Every time I talk about crazy people and what they do in the pipe hobby, there's always Rich Esserman and his blending of 30-year-old tobaccos that most people <laughs> most people would be perfectly thrilled to smoke it you know, just the way it is. But no, you got to add Captain Black Grape on top of everything. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, thanks for coming on and doing this. This is fun. Uh, again, if you've got any subjects that you want uh, Rich and I to tackle, well, just holler email brian at pipesmagazine.com and uh rich thanks again yeah this is brian again this has been a a real pleasure to to talk to you about all these different topics i mean my i i, I jokingly say but not really my wife say what are you guys talking about <laughs> what do you guys be talking about for so many hours about pipes and tobacco <laughs> and you know to me it's just a fascinating topic and we could go on for hours, and maybe we'll meet up again at some point. Ah, can't wait. All right. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, Rich. And again, if you have any suggestions of what you would like Rich and I to tackle, fire them off to me also you could hear my new computer and apparently siri wanted to talk to rich a couple of times and i gotta figure out that setting but anyway all right for music kicking off the holiday season uh this one bing crosby yeah you know the guy that's had a pipe shape named after him it's i've got plenty to be thankful for I've got plenty to be thankful for I haven't got a great big yacht To sail from shore to shore Still I've got plenty to be thankful for I've got plenty to be thankful for No private car, no caviar No carpet on my floor Still I've got plenty to be thankful for I've got eyes to see with Ears to hear with Arms to hug with Lips to kiss with Someone to adore How could anybody ask for more? My needs are small I buy them all at the five and ten cent store. Oh, I've got plenty to be thankful for.
got eyes to see with, ears to hear with, arms to hug with, lips to kiss with, someone to adore. How could anybody ask for more? My needs are small, buy them all, five and ten cent store. Oh, I've got plenty to be thankful for. I bet if Bing Crosby was a current popular artist, I bet he'd just go by the name Bing. Uh, all right, uh, normal mailbag, we're going to skip over that. But if you do have comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. And you'll get to hear them here on the show. And in just a moment, rant time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Thanksgiving week here in the United States and the official kickoff to the holiday season. And as Bing sang, yeah, I've got a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but besides my family and friends here, you know, thank you to all of you out there in the pipe world who make me part of this community. Thank you to all of you who download and listen and tolerate this show on a, on a weekly basis. It's truly amazing the uh, people around the world that I've met and, uh, you know, the people around the country that I've met just by doing this show. Just absolutely amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, thank you to SmokingPipes.com, Missouri Meerschaum, and uh, Cornell and Deal and Savinelli for their continued sponsorship of this show. And uh, thanks to Kevin for putting up with my sometimes moody attitude of doing this show. So, uh, you know, it is, it's important that I just make sure once a year and at least say thank you to every one of you. And it really does mean a lot that we continue this show and that you all listen to it and enjoy it. And I hope that, you know, you know, when the week is tough, I hope this show just gives you a little bright spot in the middle of it somewhere. A chance to just kind of unwind and get away and sit with your pipe and listen to a couple people usually talk about pipes or tobaccos or sometimes some other odd things pop in. You never know. But uh, I truly do appreciate it. Thank you to every one of you that listens. Thank you to the advertisers. And uh, thank you to all the folks from, uh, well, Kevin from PipesMagazine.com. So with all that being said, uh, again, uh, before we wrap up, if you have something that you want me and Rich to cover, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and we'll do that. If you have a question for Jeremy Reeves for the Ask the Tobacconist segment, email those to me. Uh, thank you again to uh, the big pipe guy himself, Rich Esserman, for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to me
Yeah.